0: In Memoriam A.H.H. by Alfred Tennyson Canto 36 This next Canto too is tricky. It took me several readings, careful consideration, and the support of supplemental sources to understand it. And even now, I feel like there are nuances I have missed. The essential idea of the first two stanzas is, I think, this. While the truths of religion are present within man— There they can only be vaguely deciphered or loosely expressed because of the limitations of mortal understanding and human language. These truths only darkly join within him, and words with mortal powers always fail us. But Jesus made these truths accessible, made them current coin, and through his parables these truths became comprehensible even to the lowliest of intellect." Here are the first two stanzas. Though truths in manhood darkly join, deep-seated in our mystic frame, we yield all blessing to the name of him that made them current coin. For wisdom dealt with mortal powers, where truth in closest words shall fail, when truth embodied in a tale shall enter in at lowly doors." It goes on to say that Jesus gave breath to divine truth by manifesting it in good works, for perfect deeds teach these truths better than the most poetic thought, and they teach truth in a manner that can be grasped even by the unread, the farmer, the mason, the grave digger, or primitive islanders. Here are those stanzas. And so the word had breath. And wrought with human hands the creed of creeds, in loveliness of perfect deeds, more strong than all poetic thought, which he may read that binds the sheaf, or builds the house, or digs the grave, and those wild eyes that watch the wave in roarings round the coral reef. In capturing the power of Jesus' parables, this canto indirectly captures the power of art per se. It is by embodying moral truths in a tale, by representing them in the form of a great figure, that we can sometimes most effectively convey them. Here are all those stanzas again, together. Though truths in manhood darkly join, deep-seated in our mystic frame, we yield all blessing to the name of him that made them current coin. For wisdom dealt with mortal powers— where truth in closest words shall fail, when truth embodied in a tale shall enter in at lowly doors. And so the word had breath, and wrought with human hands the creed of creeds in loveliness of perfect deeds, more strong than all poetic thought, which he may read that binds the sheaf or builds the house or digs the grave, and those wild eyes that watch the wave in roarings round the coral reef. Canto 37. I'm going to tell you in advance of this next canto that it made me weep immediately upon the first reading. In the margin of my copy, there will be an asterisk, marking it as one of my favorites. It feels a little funny to confess this, but it was after reading these stanzas that I had a strange feeling overcome me that is not entirely unfamiliar. I felt like I was falling in love with Tennyson, earnestly falling in love. We have watched him struggle to find solace in his faith, and we have heard him express his thoughts in poetry that is positively sublime. And yet he humbly imagines Urania, the muse of the heavens, scolding him for prating about religious themes when they have many an abler voice and purer priest than he. Urania urges him instead to descend from the heavens down to his native Parnassus, a place that symbolizes poetry. These are the thoughts captured in the first two stanzas of Canto 37. Urania speaks with darkened brow, thou pratest here where thou art least. This faith has many a purer priest, and many an abler voice than thou. Go down beside thy native rill, on thy Parnassus set thy feet, and hear thy laurel whisper sweet about the ledges of the hill. Then he, through his own tragic muse, replies with a blush that he knows he is not worthy to speak of holy mysteries. All he can do is try to lull his aching heart, and try to render what is due to the man he loved. Here are those stanzas. And my Melpomene replies, a touch of shame upon her cheek, I am not worthy but to speak of thy prevailing mysteries, for I am but an earthly muse, and owning but a little art, to lull with song an aching heart, and render human love his dues." And finally, he explains that it was only because he found himself brooding on the divine things said to him by his departed friend, and desperate to find comfort in revealed truth, that he dared to tread on sacred territory. But brooding on the dear one dead, and all he said of things divine, and dear to me as sacred wine to dying lips, is all he said. I murmured, as I came along, of comfort clasped and truth revealed, and loitered in the master's field, and darkened sanctities with song. There's something to me so poignant about seeing him express in sublime poetry the comfort he found in his faith, and then second-guess himself for the presumptuousness of trying. Whatever expression he finds for his love, even in the very highest reaches of thought, it is never, never enough." It calls to mind that famous quote from Newton, who says with almost incomprehensible modesty that he feels he has only been a boy playing on the seashore whilst the great ocean of truth lay undiscovered before him. Tennyson feels incapable of capturing the great ocean of his love. I have to highlight my favorite line, said as an aside, and dear to me as sacred wine to dying lips is all he said. You could write volumes about that line alone. The memory of each and every word his friend ever uttered is now as dear to him as life itself and as salvation. Here are those stanzas all together. Urania speaks with darkened brow. Thou prayedest here where thou art least. This faith has many a purer priest and many an abler voice than thou. Go down beside thy native rill. On thy Parnassus set thy feet, And hear thy laurel whisper sweet About the ledges of the hill. And my Melpomene replies, A touch of shame upon her cheek, I am not worthy but to speak Of thy prevailing mysteries, For I am but an earthly muse, And owning but a little art To lull with song an aching heart, And render human love his dues. But brooding on the dear one dead, and all he said of things divine, and dear to me as sacred wine to dying lips is all he said. I murmured as I came along of comfort clasped in truth revealed, and loitered in the master's field, and darkened sanctities with song. Canto 38 Overcome again by disconsolateness, instead of seeking comfort in his faith, He strives instead to simply paint a picture of his sorrow, and how powerful a picture it is. Life to him feels like endless loitering with weary steps. The very skies themselves are altered by his grief. No prospect remains for him. The distance holds not even a horizon. He feels no joy at the herald of spring, but he finds some amount of solace in his songs. And he comforts himself that perhaps they will be pleasing To the man of whom he sings, if he can hear them. Here's Canto 38. With weary steps I loiter on, Though always under altered skies, The purple from the distance dies, My prospect and horizon gone. No joy the blowing season gives, The herald melodies of spring, But in the songs I love to sing, A doubtful gleam of solace lives. If any care for what is here Survive in spirits rendered free, Then are these songs I sing of thee Not all ungrateful to thine ear. Canto 39 In this next canto, Tennyson again addresses himself To the graveyard yew tree, as he did in Canto 2. There he looks upon the somber, solitary tree, its roots wrapped around the bones of the buried dead, and imagines it always gripped by a wintry gloom. And he almost feels as if he were that tree. But here, he strikes the tree, and it emits a cloud of what he calls living smoke. Look up an image or video of the pollen cloud from a yew tree. It is something to behold. And as living smoke is how I will from now on think of it. So, Though the tree is dark, and its roots grasp at the headstones of the dead, it also has its golden hour of spring renewal. The last five lines are hard for me to parse completely, but he seems to be saying that though the yew tree is for a few moments kindled at the tips with fresh life, when the cloud of living smoke disperses, the tree falls back into gloom. So, too, he feels moments of happiness, only to descend into melancholy once more. Here is Canto 39. Old warder of these buried bones, and answering now my random stroke with fruitful cloud and living smoke, dark you that graspest at the stones and dippest toward the dreamless head, to thee too comes the golden hour when flower is feeling after flower, but sorrow Fixed upon the dead, and darkening the dark graves of men, What whispered from her lying lips? Thy gloom is kindled at the tips, and passes into gloom again. Canto 40. Since I have a daughter getting married this summer, this next canto really struck home. Here I will borrow the words of Alfred Gaddy, who explains that in the first few stanzas, Tennyson, quote, Wishes the widowed hour when he lost his friend could be forgotten, or rather recalled like an occasion when the bride leaves her first home for other realms of love. These are the first three stanzas of Canto 40. Could we forget the widowed hour and look on spirits breathed away as on a maiden in the day when first she wears her orange flower? When crowned with blessing, she doth rise to take her latest leave of home, And hopes and light regrets that come make April of her tender eyes. And doubtful joys the father move, and tears are on the mother's face, As parting, with a long embrace, she enters other realms of love. The image of the young bride standing on the threshold of her childhood home ready to take her leave for other realms of love. Her tender eyes flooded with tears both of sadness at what is being left behind and hope in what's to come is so incredibly touching to me. Tennyson then reflects that just as she, in her new realms, will rear and teach and link a new generation with those past, Hallam must be fulfilling a similar office in heaven her office there to rear, to teach, becoming, as is meet and fit, a link among the days, to knit the generations each with each. And doubtless unto thee is given a life that bears immortal fruit in those great offices that suit the full-grown energies of heaven. But he is struck by the undeniable difference, and it is a thought that hurts." The bride will often return to her family fireside, bringing her baby, a new being who will become as dear to them as she is. But until Tennyson himself dies and joins his friend in heaven, he has to walk familiar paths alone, while his friend resides in unknown and undiscovered lands. Hi, me, the difference I discern— How often shall her old fireside be cheered with tidings of the bride, how often she herself return, and tell them all they would have told, and bring her babe, and make her boast, till even those that missed her most shall count new things as dear as old. But thou and I have shaken hands till growing winters lay me low, my paths are in the fields I know, and thine in undiscovered lands. Here is the complete Canto 40. Could we forget the widowed hour, and look on spirits breathed away, as on a maiden in the day when first she wears her orange flower? When crowned with blessing, she doth rise to take her latest leave of home, and hopes and light regrets that come make April of her tender eyes and doubtful joys the father move, and tears are on the mother's face, as parting with a long embrace, she enters other realms of love. Her office there to rear, to teach, becoming as is meet and fit, a link among the days, to knit the generations each with each. And doubtless unto thee is given a life that bears immortal fruit, In those great offices that suit The full-grown energies of heaven. Ay me, the difference I discern. How often shall her old fireside Be cheered with tidings of the bride? How often she herself return, And tell them all they would have told, And bring her babe, and make her boast, Till even those that missed her most Shall count new things, as dear as old. But thou and I have shaken hands till growing winters lay me low. My paths are in the fields I know, and thine in undiscovered lands.